0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in today and invest in yourself, your business, and your future. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses. And we have do it yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow. If you're one or more of the above, and in fact, many of our listeners are all four of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on outlets such as iTunes. Be sure to subscribe so you get fresh content delivered directly to your computer or your mobile device every single week, and know that every five-star rating, every top rating you give helps us serve more business creators just like you by spreading the word. Now, for today's episode, we have done a few interviews so far throughout the History of Business Creators radio show on the topic of LinkedIn and LinkedIn marketing. I love this topic. Because in all of the make money and build your business on social media literature out there, they're talking about all the outlet, other outlets. You have Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, Pinterest, and then you know fill in the blank of whatever the latest photo or video thing is out there. And what I see happen way too often, this is both a blessing and a curse, is you don't hear too much about LinkedIn. The curse is that not enough people know about it. The blessing is is while everybody else is out there sharing selfies and and talking about the latest political nonsense or whatever the heck, us business creators are over on LinkedIn making it happen. LinkedIn is a business network where people come to share and help each other. And those of us who are ahead of the curve are on LinkedIn getting the job done. So I congratulate everybody who's taking the time to invest in LinkedIn. If you're not doing so already, come on over. The weather's fine. Make sure to send me a connection request. I'll be happy to connect with you there because that's actually where I do most of my active social media. And I want you to send a connection request to today's guest is a gentleman named AJ Wilcox, and he is going to share with us how to use LinkedIn to market your business. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about AJ. He's a B2B social ads pro, and he's the founder of B2Linked, the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked, a LinkedIn ads performance agency, which manages the most sophisticated accounts worldwide. They're, they're certified LinkedIn partners, and they absolutely love B2B marketing. He's a ginger and a triathlete who lives with his wife and four kids in Utah. Oh, and his company car is a go-kart. He's going to tell us about that in a moment. But first of all, we're going to welcome him aboard. AJ, come on in. The weather's fine.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Adam. I'm super excited to be sharing with your business creator's audience.
0: You bet. So for those of our listeners who are just now getting to know you, and I know some of them are probably have a – those that are on computers have a separate tab open. They're Googling this AJ Wilcox and his B2 links, trying to find out who the heck is this guy who's going to be sharing about LinkedIn and marketing your business on LinkedIn today. Tell us a little bit more about your personal journey to help our listeners. So, you know, what was it that that happened in your trajectory that brought you to where you are right now, uh, serving business creators at the intersection of your brilliance and passion?
1: Well, the truth is I've never considered myself an entrepreneur Uh, back in, I would say – Early life, I had lots of great experiences that taught me about money, and and I've always been very financially conscious. Uh, but back in high school and then into college, I started going to meetups and other uh, types of events around entrepreneurship because I was so excited about the energy. Entrepreneurs, business owners, business creators—they have this energy about them that is just infectious, and I loved it so much. But there were a couple times where I'd be at these meetups and someone would tap me on the shoulder and say, "Hey, so uh, so what are you starting?" What Company, are you going to start? And I'd go, Oh, no, I'm actually not really cut out for this game. I'm just kind of here for the energy. Um, But then, fast forward quite a few years, I've been doing digital marketing for about the last 10 years. But about five years ago, I got recruited into a highly funded tech startup here locally in Utah. And I I went in uh, to the CMO on my first day, my first talk with my boss. And I laid out my marketing plan. You know, here's what I'm going to do with search engine optimization and uh, and with uh, paid advertising, Google AdWords, social display, all that. And I remember her saying, okay, all that sounds great. Go ahead and execute. But just so you know, we started a pilot using LinkedIn ads. See what you can do with it. And I saluted and said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. And then I walked out of her office. And then I immediately started laughing because I had been doing digital marketing for quite a while. I felt like a veteran, but had never even heard of LinkedIn ads. I literally didn't know the platform even existed. And so fast forward a little bit, I went and jumped into the platform just so I didn't look like an idiot to my new boss. And within about two weeks, one of our sales guys came up to me and said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing with, with, you know, your lead generation, but we love your leads. Keep it up. And I went in and looked in our CRM at the time and saw that all of the leads that this particular sales rep was dispositioning, all of them were sourced from LinkedIn. And so it was at that point I went, okay, there's something special here. Fast forward about, you know, two and a half years from there, um, I I actually got laid off. And so as I was thinking, what in the world do I do? Do I go and get, you know, go find another job? And as I was considering it, um, you know, Me and my wife, we're we're very religious people, and so we were praying about the decision, what should we do? And we felt guided to start our own company. And so this entire entrepreneurial journey, I have enjoyed it so much, I would not have it any other way. But the truth is, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur until I finally kind of blindly took the step into it.
0: You know, I wish I'd known you maybe uh, 13 years ago, and I'll tell you the reason why just very briefly. Um, it was uh, late in 2014, uh, kind of near Thanksgiving, and uh, I had uh, finished my MBA at to King University, and I was working for this company, and I'd even gotten promoted to this company. Uh, at the same time, I had already caught the entrepreneurial bug, and I was doing some consulting work with a couple of training and development firms. And for about a year or so, give or take, maybe 18 months, I was kind of seesawing back and forth. Do I want to have my own business? Do I want to be an entrepreneur? Do I want to climb the corporate ladder? And at the time what was really going on is I didn't know what I didn't know because I believed I had to somehow find all these clients before I can make the jump. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff I did was smart in the meantime, I, I paid off my car two years early. So that's hundreds of dollars. I didn't have to spend anymore. I, um, I'm very grateful that my parents allowed me to continue to live on the top floor of the house so that I wouldn't have to pay rent and I honored their generosity by not asking anything of them by contributing around the house where I could and by reinvesting money that I would have spent on rent back into getting this business going so I was honoring their commitment to me by committing to myself and my business but yet I was seesawing a little bit then it was that one day in November 2014 I got caught up with office, office politics nonsense, basically, and uh, it kind of made the decision for me. Where I missed the mark, because I still sat at that job for another seven months, is I had reached out to one of my clients at the time, who uh, uh, to this day is somebody who is, uh, is, a, uh, is a coach and a mentor to me, and he said, look, dude, uh, I got the answer to your problem right now. I'm going to wire you $3,000. It's going to be in your account on Monday. All you have to do is tell me before I hit the button to wire that money that you walked out on that job and told him to go, uh, told him to go send it somewhere sideways. Uh, I turned that down. Well, actually, he used the uh, language was a little bit stronger than that, but uh, I turned it down. And uh, and uh, the reason I did is because I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't recognize that three thousand dollars. I wouldn't have even needed the whole three thousand dollars based on what I learned when I did make the jump several months later and what I was able to do with my business in just one month with no money. So here he was. He was handing me $3,000 if all I did was take the very simple leap. And as I said, I wasn't even paying rent. Uh, but no, I didn't know what I didn't know. Had I known you, I would have probably been able to just walk out with the $3,000. And for everybody listening today who's thinking, wow. You know, even an extra $3,000 on my bottom line would be pretty freaking sweet. This is something I got to invest in today. So uh, as I said, we've covered LinkedIn on the Business Creators Radio Show before. I'll continue to cover it as I discover great people who are killing it at LinkedIn. But you're the very first one who's actually approached us who has an, a niche angle on the advertising side of it. So this is one of those things that while we're all talking about uh, you know, all the compromises with morality and humanity do you have to do just to get a stupid Facebook ad approved uh, no personal experience there uh, tell us about this thing that nobody's talking about which is advertising on LinkedIn so who should be advertising on LinkedIn
1: sure thing well a little bit of background about LinkedIn advertising it's uh, it's going to be a lot uh, a lot like Facebook ads if you've got the the experience at Facebook Ads. So what you're going to be doing is okay. going to be bidding on audiences, and audiences on LinkedIn are defined by their professional characteristics. So you can target people by what job title do they have, uh, what department do they work in, how long they've been in, in the workforce, uh, what seniority they are, skills, groups, uh, you know, gender, location, all of those things. And so it's. It's extremely good for business-to-business companies because generally in business-to-business, you have one specific type of person in a specific type of company that you're trying to reach, and it doesn't make sense to show the ad to anyone else. So LinkedIn absolutely has a a near monopoly on that data. Uh, if, If you're trying to reach someone very specifically, LinkedIn is hands down your best platform. The biggest downside, especially when you're comparing it to Facebook, is the cost, Generally, a click uh, on, on LinkedIn is going to cost somewhere between about 6 and $9, depending on how competitive that audience is. Whereas on Facebook, you might be able to get you know, nearly the, the same type of audience that you're targeting, and you might only pay $0.80 cents to fifty. So right off the bat, you're going, okay, this is a pretty premium platform. Uh, maybe it's only for certain people. So I'll, I'll dispel that right now. There are three types of businesses that tend to work really well on LinkedIn. And trust me on this one, I've managed hundreds of accounts and spent uh, over $100 million on the platform trying to figure this out. And so here's what I've I've decided. So number one, business-to-business lead generation with high value. And when I say high value, I mean if you're going to make $15,000 or more from from a sale, from the lifetime value of a a client that you close, then LinkedIn ads, definitely for you. Number two, white-collar recruiting. So if you're trying to recruit a new employee to come to you, let's say you're trying to uh, get a new marketing manager, it makes a lot of sense to target job title marketing manager in your area, and then the only resumes that that brings in are going to be people who are already qualified for that position. So that's fantastic. And then number three, LinkedIn has really good targeting around your education. So if you were a higher educational institution, maybe you're trying to recruit people for an MBA program, you can target people in your state by they have a bachelor's degree in this area, but they don't yet have a more advanced degree. Maybe we should show them as. So those are the three areas that tend to work very well. And if you don't fit that, it's probably a good idea not to try LinkedIn out.
0: Okay, and you know, I appreciate your candor on that and sharing where this is the best investment for you if you're going to invest in LinkedIn advertising. Now, here, here's one of the reactions I had to what you just said. When we go to Facebook and it's billions and billions of users, uh, you get just about everybody. I mean, who doesn't have a Facebook account? I think literally the only two people in the world, or at least in my world, that are not on Facebook right now, are my parents. Uh, The reason being is because they don't want to be on any social media whatsoever. I mean, these are the type of people who, uh, like uh, one of their relatives once posted a picture of my mother sitting on a golf cart and she freaked out because she does not want her picture on social media. These are very (laughs) private people. But outside of that, everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook. Uh, I mean, and even though my parents don't have accounts, uh, they go on my sister's accounts all the time so they can see what I'm doing. Uh, so uh, yeah so I, I mean pretty much everybody's there. But the difference with LinkedIn is, as I said earlier, people come to LinkedIn to do business. So yeah, your cost may you know, your cost per lead or cost per acquisition or whatever may be a little bit higher, but you are dealing with a higher quality pool of applicants. So is it a fair statement or is it not a fair statement, correct me if I'm wrong, to say that, yeah, you might spend a little bit more money, but your returns are potentially much greater?
1: Oh, I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, that point that you made, you're right. People are, when they're on LinkedIn, they're either thinking about their work or their career. And so if you present them with an option that augments one of those two things, you're going to have someone who's already in the right mindset, which is going to create a a much better lead. Uh, Another issue with Facebook that we see is that definitely everyone is on Facebook and they're probably all spending time there but most of those people are not putting their professional information into their profile so although Facebook ads would let you bid on people by their job title uh, what you'll find is let's say you're spending you know $1,500 a month targeting the right kind of job title in the right industry you'll find that after you start seeing success you want to dial that up to 11 right you want to start scaling it And you'll notice that there's a very fast end to the scale because there just aren't that many people who put that information into their profiles. Whereas LinkedIn, your scale is near infinite. Um, you, You can reach pretty much every professional out there. And then one other thing I'll mention is that when I send Facebook ads traffic to a sales team and then LinkedIn ads traffic to the same sales team, the feedback that I get from them is, the LinkedIn leads are higher quality, and the Facebook ones, they, they'll say there are fake leads, there are people who don't remember filling out a form, and there are people who uh, who are just lots and lots of tire kickers. So, yeah, you'll pay less for leads on Facebook, but you'll also, they won't be of the same quality.
0: You know, uh, and just another note about Facebook here. I am there, and I do log in just about every day, and somebody goes to my timeline, and they'll notice that I tend to Post in batches. Like I'll get real religion about it for about three days, and then I'll forget about it for a week. Uh, what I'm doing on Facebook mostly is I'm participating in relevant discussion groups where the prospects are. Because again, I'm looking for the business people. My personal life is private. I, people don't need to know that stuff. Nor, I mean, nor they really care unless they really are interested in getting to know me and vice versa. But a lot of what's on my Facebook profile, such as I posted, uh, a lot of pictures of my cats. And me uh, asking thought-provoking questions just to get engagement, get my numbers up, and things along those lines. But interspersed with that, you're every so often going to hear me say, hey, guys, you know I'm talking business here, and I'm here to make uh, great business connections. Why don't you hop on over to LinkedIn where that's happening? Uh, So I use different platforms for different things. And I know that there's a lot of folks like me who are exactly the same way because they have told me so and because I've interacted with them this way where – Facebook is for fun, LinkedIn is for business. So I think that kind of backs up kind of what you were saying right there, AJ, is, yeah, LinkedIn is the place uh, for business. Now, you mentioned that uh, LinkedIn has algorithms, and I know this to be true, but you're the expert on this, so we're going to have you explain it, where you can do things to optimize your profile to come up on the right searches. And you can also conduct searches on LinkedIn to find – the kind of people you want to connect with, you want to market to, you want to network with, uh, you want to add to your business tribe. So for those of our listeners who are looking to get found on LinkedIn, can you throw us just a couple specifics of things they might want to log in and do in about 45 minutes just to help move things along for them? Oh, you bet.
1: So very first off, the there are three parts of your profile that everyone sees Anytime that your profile is is visible, so the first thing is going to be your picture. Make sure you have a picture that is pretty close around your face, so that when someone sees you in real life, they recognize you. Number two, you're going to have a headline. Um, a, a lot of people will just write VP Marketing X Company, and that's boring. Like this is not where you want to put your job title. What you want to describe here is the value that you provide to others. So. If, you know like I think mine says uh, I make LinkedIn advertising campaigns rock or something like that describe to the world what it is that you're the very best at and what you want to be known for uh, because that's going to be your your biggest branding play and then the third part is this in the old LinkedIn interface this didn't used to be something uh, this was optional you could add in a summary box into your profile well now summary is built right in and So if you haven't had one before, it's just an empty box for you in your profile. So if you go and fill it in, this is a, uh, a totally free-form field. You can write whatever you want, and I think it's limited to something like 10,000 characters, which is just paragraphs yeah, and paragraphs. Yeah, uh, realize yeah it's, it's that pretty the pretty first,
0: small.
1: Yeah. yeah, realize that the first 210 to 230 characters – are going to be visible anytime someone is on your profile. So, of course, you might put 10,000 characters in there and describe all the speaking engagements you've ever done and all of the clients you've ever worked with or anything you want there, but realize that first 210 is probably going to be where uh, you want to put the meat in, let people know the value that you bring and why you're amazing at it.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I might have to go back and listen to this myself. And as our listeners know, not only am I the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I, too, have my pad my two pens out taking notes myself because I want the slight edge in my business. little pro tip for our listeners. When somebody says have your pad and pen ready, have two pens ready. Because what will happen <laughs> is you'll be in the middle of a major aha moment and the ink will dry out or it will break or something like that. Then you have to rush to find another pen, and by the time it's your back, you've kind of lost out and you've kind of lost momentum. Uh, you know, they say sometimes uh, one is none and two is one. So bear that in mind. Just a little pro tip for our listeners. I say it often, so I'll say it again. So um, now we have uh, some listeners who – I actually have a couple very avid listeners here on this show who are headhunters. Uh, they're professional recruiters. And one of them even told me that they listen to my show – because they're looking for people to recruit. Now, most of our guests are entrepreneurs and business owners, but the nature of headhunting is it's not sometimes that person you're targeting, but it's finding out who they know. So they're looking for the birds of a feather. So let's take that a little bit further, and let's talk about using LinkedIn for targeting potential employees for your organization and also the use of advertising for targeting potential employees for your organization. So let's make that a two-part question if we can.
1: Sure thing. Well, I will start by talking about uh, targeting specific employees that you want to hire using LinkedIn ads because this is fantastic. Uh, LinkedIn does have a whole branch of their business that they call LinkedIn Recruiter, and they have ads uh, that they will sell you. They put up job postings. Um, there's uh, LinkedIn Recruiter is a kind of license you have for LinkedIn where you can check people out and not have them see that you've that you've looked at their profile. Uh, you can send one-on-one messages, uh, pretty much in an unlimited fashion. So that whole side of the business is great, of course, for finding people. But what I have found is, especially for internal recruiters at companies, we can get applicants, more qualified applicants, uh, a lot more, uh, I'll say a lot less expensively, by using the ads platform, and here's why. So when you put up a job posting, the types of people who are going to come and see that job posting are only the people who are looking for a job, and if you talk to a recruiter, most of the time they'll tell you that they would much rather talk to someone who is already happy with their current job, the passive job seeker, uh, than someone who, you know, is either out of work or is actually looking for something because they're miserable at work. So when you're targeting let's say people who all have the same job title as the position you're hiring for, and you show an ad that says, hey, we are looking for someone with your qualifications. We'd love you to apply. If you take them to a landing page that isn't a job posting, it doesn't say job rec ID gobbledygook. It doesn't say you have to be able to work under dimly lit environment or be able to lift 20 pounds this is a page where you describe how special this position is. Maybe there's a video describing your company culture. Maybe there's a, a description of who you'd be working with and what you'd be doing. And, I don't know, the company has a ping pong table or whatever you want to say there, but you treat this as lead generation. You're going to have a form there, and, of course, you're ask for someone to upload their resume. If you follow that instead of the old job posting, boring, you know, submit your resume, you're going to get – a ton of resumes very, very quickly, and you'll also get really low costs on your ads because, of course, any time that you address someone uh, by saying, hey, are you, are you wondering what you're worth? We want you. Everyone's going to click on that ad, and so it's going to bring costs down. So very, very effective way. Now, I will qualify this by saying this is harder for headhunters. It's harder for outside recruiters because if you're one of those folks most of the time, you you can't disclose who the client is. You can't disclose what company someone's going to be applying for, and so LinkedIn ads it tends to be harder because someone only really wants to interact with uh, with the company and find out more about that. Uh, but that being said, internal recruiters this can work magic for.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just have a question. A lot of times I log into LinkedIn, and obviously I'm not looking for a job myself. But I see this thing in the right-hand column where it would have a picture of me next to a business logo, and it says, picture yourself at Acme Company. Is that an ad?
1: That is an ad, and that's one of the ads from the LinkedIn recruiter side of the business. So those are ones that a company has signed a really big deal with LinkedIn, their recruiting department has, and they're probably paying $0.60 or more uh, per interaction with that ad. Um, and those, they call those dynamic ads. So that is a possibility on the LinkedIn advertising side. Um, I tend to be able to get uh, resumes, applications, and, and employees for for less expensive, and I tend to get, be able to get higher quality employees. But both are ways that you can go.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really funny. LinkedIn must be scary smart here because I'm I'm in LinkedIn right now while we do this interview, and I just refreshed my home screen like the feed, the main page. And on the right-hand side, because I was looking to see if I could pop up one of those ads, I do see something, and it does say "ad" on it. And it says, LinkedIn hiring manager finds your ideal candidate. And there's a photo of me next to the LinkedIn hiring manager logo.
1: <laughs> creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah, very creepy. I mean, if LinkedIn's listening, we're glad to have you on board. Show yourself. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, now, for, for the LinkedIn user, uh, whether they're looking for a job or they're an entrepreneur looking for connections or what have you, uh, here's a debate that's gone back and forth, and many people have asked me about this. So you're here. I'll ask you. Is it worth it to pay for the LinkedIn premium?
1: Oh, I love this question. So me personally, I'm not a LinkedIn premium user, but I'll lay out the three reasons why I think it might be valuable to you. So number one, when you have a premium profile, you're given a certain number of in-mails. And in-mails, what they are, is emails that you can send to another LinkedIn user without already being connected to them. Because most of us know Ooh. you can send unlimited in-mails uh, when you're already connected to someone. Uh, in fact, it'll show you their email address, so you could take it off LinkedIn if you wanted. But if you're in a sales position where you're actively trying to outreach and find people uh, and start conversations, maybe those 5, 10, 20, whatever of those you get per month with your level of, of license, maybe that's worth the extra you know 80 to 200 dollars a month for you. The next option is what I like to call the ego bait. So Adam, I'm sure that you know uh, from experience in LinkedIn, Once a week, you'll get a a note that says, hey, uh, look and see who's viewing your profile. 77 people viewed your profile. And you go and look at it. I get those
0: all the time, AJ.
1: That's right. And that's ego bait for us. Like, I I think everyone's interested. Okay, who's stalking me? Who's checking me out? If you don't have a premium profile, you can only see the last five people who visited your profile. And then you'll see, like, grayed out faces. And it'll say, if you want to see more of these, sign up for premium." Uh, this may or may not be actionable to you, um, and so that may or may not be worthwhile, but I think they draw people in with, with the ego bait. And then number three, you get access to the, uh, the, the advanced search features. So as a normal user, you can target or you can do advanced searches for job title, city, whether they're a first connection, and what company they work for, and I think one other thing. But if you want to get more specific, you want to find people who have certain skills in certain industries of certain company sizes and they're connected to you, you know, however they are, um, you're going to need a premium account in order to do that. So if any of the three of those sound interesting to you, it probably is worth paying for the premium account.
0: Okay. You know what what strikes me, and and as you were saying that, I went and checked it too because in the left-hand column right underneath my picture there, it says, in my case, Sixty-five people viewed my profile, and I see, okay, so here's the first person. is This somebody who apparently uh, just uh, reached out and became my connection yesterday, and I know that she has a message in my inbox asking me to connect. Now, I'm going to get to that in a minute because that's a hot topic we want to cover here. And then the second person is somebody who I know locally. Uh, he's probably uh, looking in to see what I'm up to. Then there's this third person, who's, and it says, found you via LinkedIn search. So curious what's up with him. Uh, and he's not my connection yet. So I'm thinking I might want to send him a connection. And then there's the two LinkedIn members who are in private mode. I have no idea who those crazy stalkers are. But uh, <laughs> <and> then underneath, <laughs> it says unlock with the rest of premium to see the other 60 people. Now, what sh- strikes out at me here is this could be an incredible way of creating connections, or or as I like to say, creating coincidences. And I've done interviews and articles on the topic of creating coincidences where we use the plethora of information that's available about people today to create coincidences for them. So uh, if I see that 65 people looked at me – is it creepy if I say, okay, these are the 65 people I want to send a message to to say, how's it going? I mean, how many of them are going to catch on to the fact of, hey, I looked at this guy yesterday, and uh, all of a sudden he's just messaging me? What about with that?
1: <laughs> well, from my experience, most people understand that this occurs on LinkedIn, and if they visit your profile, you'll see, and then you have the opportunity to visit back. So I haven't found many people that would call that creepy. I think that's a really good
0: opportunity, actually. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. I I I and again what I mean by creating coincidences is um I'm going to use I'm going to use the dating frame here for a moment. Let's say that um you um, you have a date with somebody and uh you're going to you're about to have your first date with them or your first meet up with them or something like that. Uh what you can do and uh and no, this is not creepy at all. So please don't write this into it is you check out their social media profiles and you see what some of their likes are. So let's say for instance that I'm looking at somebody and I see oh they they like Game of Thrones. So I might work in a couple references to Game of Thrones in my conversation with them. They so say, oh, do you watch that too? It's like, ah, instant connection there, and I knew that. Now, that doesn't mean if I don't watch Game of Thrones, I'm going to go binge it so that I can impress this person. But you look for things that where you can structure your conversation To make the person feel like they've known you for a long time and vice versa. To me, that's just smart intelligence because I mean, we do it with business prospects all the time. I mean, we, if we know that, uh, if we know that there's somebody we're really trying to reach who happens to be a cigar fishing auto, we might send them a few cigars. Same thing, if you ask me.
1: You're absolutely right. I think serendipity plays a massive role in our networking. And, you know, before I go into any meeting, most of the time I will open up their LinkedIn profile on my phone and just get a quick background on them. What are they interested in? Who are they connected to that we might have in common? Where did they go to school? I want to go into that conversation ready to create rapport and not only to discuss, you know, what we're going to do for business. So I think that's very powerful.
0: Exactly. And it's not like you you're, you are creepy about it and you say, hey, I checked out your LinkedIn profile and I see that uh, for seven years you worked for Acme Company. So I, I love Acme Company's commercials. What did you like about working there? That's just, no, 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 no. We're talking about something a little bit more subtle. And I think those of us who are on the correct plane are, are getting it. So uh, let's shift a little bit to connections. And this is, and, and when I some people saw that you're going to be here on the Business Creators Radio show today. Um, they wrote to me and they asked, they asked, could I please ask AJ the following questions? When there's somebody out there, you've checked out your profile, uh, maybe they looked at your profile and you said, hey, let's connect with this person. Um, and you want to reach out to them to begin that business conversation. Uh, what do you, I mean, I don't expect you to hand out scripts or anything because, you know, you, you know you're you a professional here, and uh, that's a high-level thing. But what are some of the things we need to look out for, at least, with respect to some of the phraseology we use and some of the do's and don'ts of reaching out to that person and by sending them a message for the first time?
1: Well, yeah, let's put this back in the dating frame because I think this is really helpful. So when you're reaching out to someone that you don't have any history with, um, you just you look at them and, and this is someone you want to be connected with, it's very important that you reach out uh, under the guise of, look, this is not no pressure. I'm not trying to sell you here. It's a light touch. That's what you want to you know frame it as. So in order to frame it at all, Um, you have to know about a little bit of a trick. And it shouldn't be a trick on LinkedIn, but it kind of is. So if you're on the desktop, if you hit the Connect button, immediately, uh, if you're on someone's profile, immediately after you hit Connect, it will say, do you want to add a customized note or do you want to just send the the default? And please, please, please always hit Custom Note and give someone a reason why you want to connect to them. Because there are so many people who just send random connection requests. And if you don't know why someone's trying to get in touch with you, uh, you're going to be more liable to, uh, to just ignore it. So that's number one. Number two, most of us are probably on the LinkedIn app on our phone. And so if you hit the connect button on anyone's profile from the mobile, it's just going to assume that you don't want to include a custom note for some reason. And it's just going to ship, you know, ship that thing off uh, without a custom note. So what you have to do is hit the three dots in the upper right-hand corner of their profile and hit customize invite. That will let you do it from mobile. So just number one, make sure you customize everything and then that's going to allow you to give that, that super soft touch to initially start that conversation. And then to follow that up, as soon as they accept that connection request, I would be very, very hesitant to immediately send them a sales pitch. So, I would start trying to have a conversation uh, in, a, again, a really light-touch kind of way. Uh, start a conversation, say, hey, I noticed from your profile that, uh, that you're in X industry. I just read this article. What do you think? As you're having a conversation with another human, naturally you're going to be able to, to you know, ask and be asked about what you do, and that opens up the conversation that if all you do is send someone a note, they accept, and then immediately you shoot your sales pitch to them, nine times out of ten, you will see that next time you go to talk to them that you are no longer connected.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Now, I just uh, now, as I said, I'm on LinkedIn right now, and I just uh, looked up this guy named A.J. Wilcox, and uh, I thought, you know what, I don't know, but I guess I'll send him a request just to see what happens. And uh, I made sure to, con- to uh, click to say, send a custom note. Uh, I think you're going to like that note when I send it to you. And I think you're going to find yourself uh, very interested, maybe click clicking accept just to see where it's all going. (laughs) But, uh, but again, you and I already know each other because you're on the business creators radio show and we're having a conversation. We've already had a chance to get a little bit of each other's vibe to share some ideas and things like that, uh, which is great. And it's awesome when you can make connections from people with people that you've brushed up against a little bit in the real world. Uh, so before I ask my follow up question on that is, um, is, you know, I'm thinking also, uh, not too long ago, I connected, not, not to name drop like who, the cool people I hang out with, but I recently, um, was, uh, lucky enough to get Larry Wingate as a, as a LinkedIn connection. So here's how I did it. I, um, I'm a member of his UBS group, and I've, I've gone to his UBS Insider event and things like that, and Larry has also been a guest on the Business Creators radio show. It was maybe three years ago, and who knows if he remembered me from Adam because he does a zillion of these interviews. But anyway, anyway, the fact is I had had the opportunity to interact with him a little bit in his Facebook group, go into some of his uh, live events and th- you know, his Facebook Lives and things like that, and he's given me a couple shout-outs, and he was on a rant. And the rant was... I get all these people to connect with me on LinkedIn, and uh, they immediately try and tell me about their stuff and what they do. And this one guy came to me, and he said, hey, Larry, uh, you mind a little advice about your business? And he wrote back, hey, sure, because you know why not? And maybe it's good advice. He said, have you ever thought about getting your books onto audio, like making audio books? And it just so happens we have a service that does this very quickly in step one, step two, step three, step four. And if you'd like to have a conversation about this, just click my scheduler link. Wow. So what I I did is I wrote to him. I said, hey, Larry, uh, I promise on my honor that when you accept my connection request, I will not by any way, means, or even inkling – say one word to you about turning your books into audiobooks. And he accepted me and he wrote back and he basically said, thanks. That's the nicest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> so when you find people, so, so, so again, you can reach people like that through LinkedIn. And again, this is just a matter of creating the coincidences, find out what drives them. So he spends about five minutes ranting about this audiobook thing. It probably means enough to him that if I say something humorous about it, he'll latch on to it. That, that's the same with everybody. Everybody you encounter um, on social media is a human being. Uh, you're looking at their avatar on your screen, but behind that is a person who has feelings, likes, wants, and desires like anybody else. And the more you remember that, the better of a time you're going to have, is my personal opinion.
1: Absolutely. And when you go to connect to someone like that – I. When you use a personal anecdote that shows that you're paying attention to them, that you actually care about them as a person, they are a thousand times more likely to accept that connection request than if it's just a, hey, I saw your profile had X in it, would love to be connected. Like that's just so generic. Show genuine interest in someone take a minute or two. I mean, if someone has a podcast, great. Listen to an episode while you're working out at the gym in the morning. Uh, But otherwise take a minute or two, look through their social media profile, find something just like you did to mention. And uh, you're going to have a near hundred percent acceptance rate.
0: Right. And uh, not only are they going to be acceptances, but they're going to remember you and they're going to, and they're going to think this is somebody I might actually want to interact with. So already you're greasing the wheels. I'm going to, I'm not going to mention the person's name, but I'm going to pull up. I'm in my uh, messaging history here, so I'm going to scroll down a few weeks, and I'm going to find something, and I'm just going to read it to you, and uh, AJ, if you could critique this, tell me where they're going right, uh, where they might want to do things a little bit differently because um, you know a lot of people, frankly, just want to get on LinkedIn because they want more clients for their service businesses, more power to them. Again, we're here to do business, but let me just read this to you. It says, hi, Adam. Thanks for connecting. As much as I love all this social media stuff, I still like to get to know my connections in the real world. Let me know if you're open to jumping on a call to learn more about what you're up to. I've got some ideas of how we might be able to do some things together. How does next Tuesday look? And then they have their official business signature after, including a link back to their website.
1: So my first – so that's actually pretty good as a cold approach. Um, I would say that that would probably have, I don't know, twenty. 20- Percent thirty percent kind of response rate uh, with him sending that out. Okay, you can you can tell it's not it's not custom. It, it, this is something he probably does for all of his connections. Um, so it shows right. a little bit more care than standard. What I would prefer is you know a, a message kind of like I mentioned before, where you approach them by, by saying you know Hey, I thought of you for X, and I you know you show interest in their business. Uh, ask them for their opinion. Ask them for thoughts. Just stay entirely away from anything that could be considered as a sales pitch, and that will get you a right. response. Once you have a response, then you're starting a conversation. So uh, I'm not a big fan of using LinkedIn to spam, uh, obviously, and so I, I try to stay as far to the, to the other side of spam as possible.
0: Right, and I didn't even think this person was spamming. I think this is just somebody who is actively involved in it. But they've templatized things to, this thing to the nth degree where maybe they shouldn't have gone quite that far or at least, uh, or they should be customizing a little bit more. So the person could have looked at my business and looked at what I have going on a little bit and maybe made some specific comment about maybe something, you know, maybe one of the articles I posted or maybe one of the episodes of the business creators radio show because we list the business creators radio show very prominently on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, they could have, they could have said something like that. And, uh, you know, personally, I, would have left off the whole thing of, I've got some ideas of how we to be able to do things together. How does next Tuesday look? I would have probably saved that one for at least a couple exchanges down the road. That's just me.
1: I totally agree with that.
0: Right, right, right. Because to, to me, I've got some ideas of how we, we may be able to do things together. That kind of sounds like um, I want to show you what I do so you'll hire me and even if i have an inkling even if i have an inkling of i might be actually looking to hire somebody or engage with somebody to do this type of work or do this type of thing uh you know what why why next my next question is why next tuesday uh, here's a little personal anecdote about me and my listeners have heard me say this before um, one of the worst phrases you can ever utter to me is when can we talk don't ever say that to me i Hate that, and I'm going to tell you exactly the reason why. Um, I have a I have an assist a personal assistant who I pay almost five hundred dollars a month to handle my some of my day to day stuff, so I can stay at a higher level. I pay another company almost the same amount of money to manage the day to day mechanics of the social media, where I am not all that actively involved, and they are also completely emancipated and supported. And sifting through my LinkedIn connections and when people message me to look for things and point them out to me and say, Hey, this may be an opportunity. And if something looks really hot, to actually respond to it in my name. They have this much power to do this. In fact, it's my expectation that they deliver to me X amount of ready to go phone conversations every month. And what I mean by that, is this person shows up on my schedule. I, I look at my Google calendar. I see I have A.J. Wilcox. I'm speaking with him Thursday. Uh, and in the notes, I have a, maybe a two-sentence summary of what's going on. Part of it says, check LinkedIn discussion thread. And so what I'm able to do five minutes before I get on the phone with A.J., who I've never met before, who I don't know, uh, complete stranger to me, is hop onto LinkedIn, scan that conversation, check out his profile, check out his website, see a little bit of what he's up to, and then jump on that call, and as soon as, as, soon as the phone rings, pick it up and say, AJ, my man, and jump in like we had just left off in the middle of another chat. All that being said, add the fact that I spend $63 a month on Schedule once to make it easy for anybody to get on my schedule, and I own a domain that, Schedule with adam.com schedule with Adam.com, write that down schedule with Adam.com where literally any Tom Dick Harry or Mary can show up on my schedule, put themselves on and just tell me what they want to talk about. I do not want to hear when's a good time to talk because I'm investing the majority of my entire leverage expense in terms of uh, in terms of technology and people who I' working for me, to avoid that question so when somebody says how does next tuesday look i don't know i don't know how tuesday looks it's probably las vegas and it's the middle of summer so it's probably going to look pretty hot i don't know (laughs) i mean (laughs) uh so so again so again uh when you get too specific like that you kind of leave it out uh now if this person was about three exchanges down the line with me and we're at the point where we felt like we're hitting it off and they said to me hey you know what um I, you know, just based on some of the things we've been talking about, I do have a couple things I'd like to run by you. So it's a little much to type in an email. So um, how does next Tuesday look? And my response could be very simply, hey, you know what? Um, here's schedulewithadam.com. Uh, find the nearest date that mutually accommodates both of us and just put yourself in and just say per our LinkedIn discussion and let's have a conversation. So, uh, so because when I hear when I hear from a stranger, how does next Tuesday look? What that sounds to me is they're already trying to fit me in their little box.
1: Absolutely, I think it's incredibly presumptuous to ask what someone's doing at a certain time, uh, especially when you're dealing with with busy people. So, uh, the the more important someone is, generally the more busy their calendar becomes, and you might start talking to someone who is not planning for a week from today, but they might be planning a month or three months from today. So who are you trying to network with? Who are you trying to get with? If you're trying to get with someone who is very important, it's very presumptuous to to suggest something this week.
0: Right, right. And one one of the things that I love about the, uh, the proliferation of online schedulers is we don't even have to have this conversation. I mean, it's, and when you when you have the ability for somebody to just hop onto your scheduler and put themselves in, it presumes you're dealing with a busy, successful person who has their ducks in a row. So they have not only systematized, but they've automated the process of – get on my calendar. So what they're not doing is having 15 different email exchanges of, okay, so I see Adam has Tuesday and Thursday. Does that work for you? No, no. How about Wednesday of next <laughs> month? Uh, okay, that doesn't work either. So how about the uh, third month of May? Can we fit you in there? No, no, no. And, the, and then if you're hiring a person to go back and forth this way, what has got me thinking is why are they spending money on something a little piece of software can do? instead of paying that person to get them new qualified leads for their business. That's what jumped out of me.
1: I totally hear you. I use Calendly for the same reason. I used to spend a half an hour to an hour a day simply checking my calendar to see where people can fit in. Now people just book me back-to-back all day long, and I never even have to check the calendar. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's it's great, and I, and I just have my schedule once set so that you can't do a same day appointment. It has to be at least next day. So um, so so it can happen up until the day before. Like if somebody like you know if today is uh, you know today's uh, Tuesday, right? We do business creators radio business the business creators radio show on Tuesdays. So if somebody hears this and they want to speak with me tomorrow, today's the day. Schedule with Adam.com Get on there and we'll talk tomorrow. I don't even have to know about that till first thing tomorrow morning because I already know when I'm open for phone calls and I just need to go Wednesday morning, look at my schedule and say, oh, I got so and so here at ten o'clock. Open it up, look at their comments. Like, heard you on Business Creators Radio Show. I find your love of cats very interesting. Um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my mittens. Would that be cold?
1: Like, and I pick
0: up and I pick up the phone at ten a.m. and I say, yo, Dean, you got mittens there?
1: Yeah, I think my only recommendation is uh, just think what's in it for them. Every single conversation that you have, it's very presumptuous to think that just because you're reaching out to someone that they're going to want to make some time for you on their calendar. Adam, you are very easy to get a hold of with your with your link. I, I am the same way as well, but not everyone is. So uh, as you're reaching out to people, just approach it uh, W-I-I-F-M. Is the what's in it for me. Just right. think about that. Every interaction, what can I provide for this person? What can I entice them with? Uh, don't just say, I want to. I think we should. Those are just – they're not going to help you out.
0: Exactly. And, and, and again, if, if there's one thing we want people to gain, I know that for the past 10 minutes or so our conversation has actually kind of veered away from LinkedIn specifically but what I hope that our listeners gain from our conversation in the way that um, I, I brought you down this path a little bit is I want people to hear just some of the mechanics of connecting with any person. So you can take what we covered here today, and you can go back and apply it to Facebook if that's your if that's your method of choice. Uh, you can use it on Twitter if you can turn uh, a few 140 character exchanges into an inbox conversation. Uh, whatever floats your boat. Uh, so, I want people to understand you can take this beyond LinkedIn, but when you're dealing with LinkedIn, yes, it's the business network, and yeah, you're a goofball if you start posting political nonsense and pictures of your cats and stuff like that. But altogether, you're still dealing with human beings with needs, wants, desires, and goals. And the more you remember that, and the more you tune into WIFM the more success you're gonna have on that platform or any platform. So we have about ten minutes left here. And before we or actually nine minutes while this is flying. And before we turn it over to you, AJ, um there's just um there's just one thing I wanna one thing one thing more I want to cover here based on what you indicated you wanted to share with us today. And you know, we talked about LinkedIn, we talked about the difference between LinkedIn and Facebook advertising. Um, We talked about how you can use LinkedIn data to target and be targeted for the things you're looking for. So, you know, if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, I would like to attract more people in X industry, I can structure my profile to make it searchable, so I'll come up with more of those searches. So it works both ways. Uh, but what are the times you should consider using LinkedIn versus, versus Facebook for reaching out and getting, you know, making connections to do business with people?
1: You know, I'll be honest, Facebook is – uh, it's not a platform that I spend any time on. Uh, when I, when it very first came out, I went, huh, I never had a MySpace profile. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kinda kick a get to the bricks here with, with Facebook as well. So, I have a profile, but only because you need one to advertise. So, I don't quite know the nuances. I couldn't do much of a comparison there. But I would say in any sort of professional setting, it always makes sense to reach out to someone over, over LinkedIn. Uh, but just keep in mind that every, Every interaction with Facebook is going to be framed between pictures of their family and cat videos and you know, trying to get over to play Farmville. Um, that's yeah. the frame of mind someone's going to be in. But on LinkedIn, it's going to be work. So you know, be, be cognizant of what uh, frame of mind someone's in, and that's probably going to be the network that you want to jump into.
0: Right, right, and 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 the thing is with discussion groups, um, you know, Facebook discussion groups when it comes to business topics are doing really good right now. They've really come into their own over the past two years. In fact, uh, a year ago I taught a course on it was called Discussion Group Game on how to get the most out of Facebook discussion groups, and I'm thinking about reviving it uh, just to capture all the updates. I did have a, a nice little class of people in there, and some of them got some great results. I'm thinking about doing it again for 2017-2018. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, what's going on with LinkedIn discussion groups? I got to tell you, uh, they're feeling a little sparse these days. Uh, am I just looking at the wrong stuff or, um, how can I break through? Cause everybody's figured out that you can go to a LinkedIn group and share your articles and such. And it just moves like a Twitter ticker almost hard to get engagement. Uh, so how do we find the great groups and how do you have a great group? Okay.
1: I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, LinkedIn groups are very hit or miss for me. So I will go, you're allowed to join up to 50 groups at a time. I will go into five different groups. I'll go and observe. And if there's actual conversation going on, then I'll stick around. If all it is is just a dump fest where people just drop articles to, to spam them and I can tell that there's no humans actually paying attention, then I get out. And so I have eventually settled on three groups that I really pay attention to where conversation's actively happening. And I'm the moderator of one of them, and I will tell you exactly how you keep it clean. You have to actively uh, get, a, get a notification every time someone posts, and if someone posts off-topic or something against the rules, you delete it, and you send them a, a message privately, and you say, hey, just so you know, it's against the rules to, to you know basically dump your content here. Uh, this is for discussion only. You have to police it. So I agree. Uh, right. Spend some time on LinkedIn. Uh, find the right groups. You're right. Facebook discussion groups right now are extremely powerful, and there's a lot going on around business, and I would quite frankly want to be there instead.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, my point is just to me and some other people I've spoken with, it's, uh, it's, gotten a, um, it's gotten a little more difficult because some of these groups have just gotten so big is part of it, and some of them at the same time have died. So it's some of the same thing, I guess, of just having to, uh, you know, to structure your searches. A couple months ago, I left all the LinkedIn groups I was in because they all fell dead to me, and I found a couple good ones that I've been participating in lately. But I guess what you're saying is it's still kind of the same thing. You got to keep searching to find that quality.
1: Yeah, I know LinkedIn is right now trying to revise groups because they know that there's a problem with spam, and they know there's a problem with. Uh, I I'm, I regularly say that. LinkedIn is the least social of all the social networks out there, and uh, I, I think LinkedIn realizes this with the groups. I hope the next revision they're going to fix a lot of the current issues, uh, but until then, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to have a conversation. So if you find a good group, stick to it.
0: Right. I think that's great. So in the couple of minutes we have left here, what I want to do is just uh, give you one of those minutes. Uh, We may have some people on the edge of their seat right now thinking, how do I take this to the next level? AJ, tell us a little bit more about what you do uh, to support business creators in their search for their brilliance and their passion.
1: Sure thing. So anyone who's interested in LinkedIn advertising in in any degree, in any format, I'd love to to speak to you. Um, I I am the furthest thing from a salesperson. So if you go to b2linked.com and you fill out the form on the page, you're not going to be put in touch with a salesman or be put on any sort of nurturing workflow, uh, you're going to be put in touch with me and I don't sell. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out there. And I also want to give your audience a little bit of an offer. So if you go to b2links.com forward slash checklist, that is the checklist that my team uses when we do LinkedIn advertising for our clients. These are the eight things that you need to get set up in order to advertise. So if, if it's something you want to try taking on, if you want to start advertising, Go get that freebie and, uh, and you know, do it the same way that we do it as, as our agency.
0: Okay, absolutely. So B2Links, that's the letter B and the number two, B2Links.com forward slash checklist is the place to go. That's exactly right. Fantastic. And uh, everybody, as you know uh, – if for those of our regular listeners, you know, you go to Business Creators Radio Show and you look at our episodes, you'll see that every one of our guests has a profile, so we'll include this as the link on the profile, so you can just go click on that. Uh, just give us a few minutes to make the adjustment, obviously, but uh, we'll have that taken care of for you right away. Uh, so, AJ Wilcox, thank you so much for being with us today. I got to tell you, it's been an honor and quite an education.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Homey
0: <laughs> All right. And you even pronounce my name right. That's another irony that, uh, boy, people knew how to pronounce my name when they were making fun of it when they had that weigh-in show on 30 years ago. But now that my name is an asset, now that my name is a huge asset to me because nobody else has it, that uh, can't even get people to pronounce it right. So thank you very much for taking the time to understand the pronunciation of my name.
1: You are most welcome.
0: <laughs> you bet. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie host of the Business Creators Radio Show. I don't play that and I don't clown around. But what I do do is I bring you great brilliance to help you win at the game of business and marketing every single week. Do so at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. See what's coming up and see what's already there waiting for you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.